You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. We're going to, I'm worried about today a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I see a lot of phone calls. And so here's the thing. We got a couple calls yesterday after the game. Maybe, Maybe one of them was blackout drunk, but um, I'm, I'm, I don't know if everybody's had a day to sleep it off and they're going to be like, all right, I'm feeling okay. We'll be all right. We're coming back. Or if this is, if this is 20 phone calls of pure rage, I'm a little nervous. Or maybe we're just going to talk about chicken nuggets today. I, I, you never know with this show. Uh, maybe a little bit of everything. Um, let's start with new callers, or at least I think new callers. Either you're a new caller, or I have not saved your phone number. We got two of them. Let's kick it off as soon as I change the settings. Set and go. Hey, Ryan. That's hey. True from Ashwaudan, Wisconsin. True. And I just got done with work, was watching some of the game during during work, and just got to say I'm pretty disappointed, yep. but that uh, we can't overreact. I think that uh, Rogers needs to shut his little mouth and... Start going to off-season practices. Start uh, playing a little in the preseason because he likes to run his mouth a lot. But uh, last year he had a passer rating of 36.8 in week one. And this year he's got a passer rating of 67.7. Zero combined touchdowns and three combined interceptions in those two games. So maybe he needs to look in the mirror and play a little better in week one because clearly he does need the preseason. And the guys around him, need that preseason help with him in to, uh, you know, get some chemistry with him. But we can't overreact long season. We should have known better because we're playing a division rival. And uh, But uh, there, there was some promise with some of the wide receivers. Our special team seems pretty decent. Uh, I'll take 44.8, you know, punting average with three inside, out of four inside the 20. That's pretty good. So, um I don't know. Hopefully, we got to be on the next week, I guess. But uh, we got to be better. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I think I think all of that is fair, um, especially the part about Rodgers. I mean, you you guys know my stance on the preseason. Um, however, if it is going to be your stance, Aaron, that you don't need it, and you're so good and you're so experienced that you don't need it, then you really should stop coming out flat. Um, and I know it hasn't always been that way, but it's becoming a trend, if if not, you know, always having been a trend. And, and again, just to reiterate, I'm not saying that this is a universal truth. Kenny Clark, uh, Rashawn Gary, Jair, these guys were phenomenal. They didn't play. Kenny was dominant. He didn't play in the preseason. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were both dominant. Um, Jake Hansen had a lot of time in the preseason. He got smoked. So, you know, it, it, it may just depend on people. A- Amos and Savage, horrific. Now, I don't know if that has to do with preseason. I don't know. I don't know. But I do think it's fair, and I, I think generally it's fair. I, I think that same mentality is fair when you talk about the defense as a whole. You guys run your mouth a lot, and then you come out and do that. Come on, man, right? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, what was it, 23 points? to a supposedly elite offense, I guess that's a good thing. And we can just hang it all on the the offense for not outperforming 23 points, which is probably going to be expected from here on out. I mean, with that Vikings offense, if you don't score 24 points, you will lose pretty much. I, I can't imagine too many times when sub 23 points is going to get you a win against that Vikings team. But still, we know that wasn't good. 
We know that wasn't good enough. We know that there wasn't consistent enough pressure, although there was a lot of pressure. It wasn't consistent enough. We know the tackling wasn't on par, and the coverage and the communication was just terrible. So um, I generally agree. And I'm going to put your name down as Drew, despite the fact that Google says your name is True. It's not a terrible name. And then we got our only other first-time caller who I can read this here, and it says you are not, but you haven't called in a long time, so I didn't save your name. So we're going to call you a first-time caller, but welcome back. Hey, Ryan. Uh, been a while since I called. Hey. Uh, name's Joe. You can call me whatever you want, though. Uh, okay. I'm just calling to complain about one thing. That game yesterday, yeah, whatever. It sucked. I still think we're going to have a pretty good season. Yep. But uh, it's been years and years and years and years, and I am so sick of the way that Aaron Rodgers murders timeouts like yeah. they're horses with broken legs. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't stand it anymore. I, and I couldn't stand it for a while. Like, everyone's mad right. at him over the vaccine stuff. I didn't have time. I was still angry about him <laughs> because he just wastes timeouts so often. I wonder how many points we've wasted because we – what is it? Like, what is it? Is that we know. get out of the huddle just so late? It seems like that's the case. And then we have, like, 10 seconds to try to figure out a new play if the defense is – I don't know, man. It's really bothering me. I just wanted to call and complain about it. Now I'm handing the baton to you, and I like to hear you complain about it because it just makes me mad. Otherwise, he's amazing, and I still think we have a good team. But, like, we – there was still, like – I don't know how much – there was still a good chunk of time left in the second quarter by the time we were down to one timeout. And we were just wasting them at the line of scrimmage instead of using them for, like, more in-game situations that would have been beneficial. I don't know. I'm mad, and I'm so sick of seeing it. Can you fix it? All right. Thanks, Ryan. Well, I'm glad that you called in with that. Let me go over to Patreon real quick because somebody sent me a message on Patreon basically ranting about the same thing, Uh, wanted me to pull up some statistics. I don't think I can find any. I know SIS doesn't have it. PFF doesn't have it. Uh, but Adam sent me a message, very long message, but essentially that was it. Just just furious about um, the timeouts. I, I don't know. It's been so many years. Uh, it's very obviously an Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, we had this issue with McCarthy, got a new coach in there. Same thing is happening. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the issue is. The the I know Rodgers likes to take it down to the wire, and I'm not opposed to that. But when you get to the, when you get there, so late and then don't recognize how much time you have and you have to panic. I mean, it's, 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 it's not even just the timeouts we burn. It's how many panic attacks we get every single play going, snap it, snap it, snap it. Hello, let's go. How many times do we have to do that? If you want to take the clock down to zero because you want to be able to read it, fine, but get there with 10 seconds on the clock. Get the play to everybody. I mean, hurry up, get up there. You got 10, nine, and now you're kind of standing there. You're reading the defense. You're talking to the wide receivers and, and you've got a solid four seconds when you try to snap the ball, it's not at zero, hoping the refs don't throw a flag and, and, and are gracious to you. But yeah, there's, there's at least two timeouts per game, it feels like, that get burned because Rodgers doesn't get the ball off in time. And then he has like this attitude every time. Like he's angry, like he wouldn't snap the ball and you don't get the play in fast enough. Dude, it's obviously you. Either that or he is the unluckiest quarterback in the history of the world because McCarthy and Matt LaFleur are the slowest play callers to get plays in ever. You'll have to check out Dak or whoever the new quarterback is in Dallas now and see if they're having trouble getting the ball off in time. It's it's just, st- and, and it's weird because we don't really notice it. You know, we're not staring at Aaron Rodgers the whole time. They're doing all this stuff, looking in the stands and all that. And it just feels like by the time they break the huddle and get, it, it just, it, it almost feels like we have a shorter play clock. Like every time the camera pans back and they're walking to the huddle, it's like five, four. It's like, wait a, wait a minute. Why do we only get five seconds? When the other quarterback's out there, when Cousins goes to the, the line, he's got a solid eight seconds left. Are we getting shorted on time, or what's going on here? And then they walk so slow to the line as though they have no idea we're at four, three, and then Rodgers is clapping real fast, and then half the time he has to turn around and call a timeout, and then he th- flings his fist around like he's so angry. Dang it. Dude, what do you mean? Why, why are you acting like you're surprised every time? Like, I can't believe this. You can't? How do you not believe this? This has been happening for years years i don't know what kind of a elite competitive advantage we're getting by you taking your sweet time and getting all these calls in and talking to the guys in the huddle and relaying all the information you need to relay and then reading the defense and then making your checks i don't know how much of a of a dominant competitive advantage we're getting but i don't know if it's worth it if it costs us two timeouts 
Those things are pretty precious. They're kind of important in football games. How many times have we seen late-stage comebacks in which we need those timeouts so we can kick that literal last second with zero seconds left on the clock field goal to win the game? Cannot burn timeouts. I mean, if you want to burn a timeout on a challenge, that's something. At least we can maybe gain something from that. What are we, what are we just throwing them in the garbage for? It's unbelievable. So, yeah, I, I can't fix it. I have no idea what they're doing or why they're doing it, but they obviously really feel like it's important that they do that every single time. And um, you know what it's like? It's like those squirrels that run out in the road when you're driving. There's no reason whatsoever for them to wait until the last second, or birds do that too. I swear they do it. For, it it's a sport for them. It's a game. They will wait. They could have crossed the street anytime, and that moron waits until you're right in front of them, runs in front of your car, stands there, and then tries to get out of the way. I mean, they're playing real-life Frogger. Birds do that all the time, too. They sit in the tree. They're just hanging out. Doo, doo, doo. Then you come driving through, and they're like, Voof, and they graze your windshield. And once every hundred times, you clip one of them. And you just look at them, and you're like, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. First of all, you're operating in three dimensions, bird. You're not on this two-dimensional plane that the rest of us are on where we're stuck to the ground. We can go forward, backward, side to side. The squirrel, granted, he could have crossed at any moment. He doesn't really have a lot of options. He can't really roll under the car because the wheels can get him. He can't jump over my car. He's just got to time that thing really, really well. Or not do it. But, but you, stupid bird, come out of the tree and not only cross my path, but swoop down to the level of my car and then graze my windshield. You're an idiot, and I hope you die when you're done twitching because you're that stupid bird. Aaron Rodgers is that bird. There's no reason. There's no reason to wait. Wait for the... Just wait. The car's coming. What? We need to cross. Yeah, just wait. The car's almost here. I... What, what, are you, what does that even mean? Why do you keep saying that? You want to wait until it passes? No, 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 no. Just wait. We're going to go right in front of it. Ready? All right, go. I feel like that's what he does in the huddle. He gets the play out, and then he just sits there, and he's like, all right, you're going to, like, do that. Are you going to do the hand clapping thing, or? No, just just wait. Just wait with me, guys. What do you mean? We still got 14 seconds over there. Okay. okay. Should we, should we go, or? Just wait for it. Nine. Eight. All right, let's go. Hurry, 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 you bunch of idiots. Ah, you slow jerks. Can't believe you did this to me again. (laughs) Oh, anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Ryan. Hey. In Green Bay. Hello. This Hi. Is Todd in Reno. Hi, Todd in Reno. Hello. Hello. Hey, so I listened to the other times I called you, and man, that guy sounded terrible. Like he was drinking or something. So <laughs> what? I'm going to talk to you before I start drinking. Oh, okay. A couple takeaways from the tackle game. First one is if uh, Christian Watson would have caught that pass, would have changed the complexion of the game. Yes. Obviously. Change the complexion. Second thing is, nobody said the Packers were going to be 17 and 0. So right. get over it. Right. Okay. They'll be fine. Remember last year, all the panic and confusion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do too. And that, they'll be fine. So I want to pause there because that, that is an important point. And I have to remind myself of this all the time. It's not just that, but it's also points. In the long run, you can't get to 13 and 4 without four losses, correct? So why do we act like a loss is unacceptable? <laughs> but beyond that, during a game, I'll look at a game and I'll be like, yeah, it'll probably be like 24 to to 35, I think we win this game or something. Not realizing in the back of my head that 24 means three touchdowns and a field goal. And it'll be like the first drive in the second quarter, they'll get a touchdown. I'm like, these guys suck. This is stupid. I, they, I can't believe they, how could you let them do that? I mean, they'll get a first down and I'll have a panic attack. Like, oh, come on. You can't make a tackle, you idiot. Dude, you said they're going to score 24 points and that that's reasonable. And that's a good thing. Like you're excited. Hey, 35, 24 is what I think is going to happen. It's going to be great. And we could be up 14, nothing. And they get first downs and a touchdown eventually, and I'm sitting slouched in my chair like, this is the stupidest team. I can't believe this. These idiots. You can't get to 24 without seven. Did you expect them to pitch a shoot a shutout every single game? So, yeah, I, uh, I'm one of the people that should probably calm down. Third thing is, a lot of offenses had no sync at all today. True. Um, San Francisco, well. Right. You know, they got Trey, but... And the Bears pulled one out. Eh, we'll give them points. So, other than that, I only have one other question. As I was watching the college football, I was thinking, 
what would change? How would it change the NFL if they stopped the clock after every first down? You wouldn't need timeouts with the quarterbacks we have in the NFL. Just want to get your thoughts. Have a good day. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not big. I'm not big on college, so this may be like common knowledge as far as like things that happen that are different in the NFL. I have no idea. But the first thing that comes to my mind is, I mean, if you you said if they stop the clock after every first down, I don't. I honestly don't even know that that's a thing. But, anyways, one of the things when you're trying, let's say there's like a minute left and you're on your own twenty-five, you're trying to drive down the field and you have, let's say, no timeout. The defense is going to look like a giant horseshoe. They're going to give you the middle of the field. They're just going to make sure you will not throw to the sideline and you're not going to throw behind us. You throw to the middle of the field, we'll converge and tackle them and we'll burn 20, 30 seconds. No problem. You won't get to midfield with more than 10 seconds left. If I can throw to the middle of the field and, you know, he goes down, gets tackled and the clock stops, that changes everything. The defense actually has to play defense, not just guard the perimeter and keep him from going out of bounds. So that would be the biggest thing that I can think of. I don't know. Uh, Todd again. What's up, man? Hey, Ryan. This is Todd from Reno again. What's up? I just had uh, one more thought that I forgot to tell you. Those announcers were horrible. First, when uh, Rogers fumbled the ball, and they're going, I don't see any indication yet. Right there, 10 seconds before, right above Rogers' head, (laughs) they signaled Vikings ball. Those guys were terrible. And then Greg Olson talking about Ed Donatel, like he's the god of defenses, <laughs> yet he never pointed out that he was defensive coordinator for the Packers. Boy, that would have been a nice reach for him to say, huh? Ed Donatel was Packers coordinator until he screwed up and then he was fired or something like that. So have a good night. Bye-bye. So that was the one fortunate thing about doing a live stream is I really didn't get to hear any of the announcers, but I, I can't stand listening to announcers. I really can't. Um, I wish there was a way to sync up the um, Packers radio with the TV broadcast, but the Packers radio is so far ahead. I never understand people that do that because you may as well just turn the TV off. I mean, I guess not if, if you're okay listening to it and then like you get to see it a second later, but I can't handle that, man. I can't do it. Um as you could probably tell if you watched on the stream, because I had to take my head headset off because Jacob was celebrating or or getting angry, and that told me something was going to happen, and it ruined the the mystique. And it, it the thing that kind of sucked is like when he would get upset, which is the main. I mean, when he get excited, it's a little less disappointing because it's like, oh, cool. You know, I wish I could have seen it live, but you know, at least it's a good thing. But you want to believe, you know, man, you're down. But if we can if we can drive down here and we can get a touchdown, you know, man. But then, and I don't mean to rag on Jacob, I'm just giving an example. When he just like throws his hands up and is like, you know, dang it, whatever the case is, the belief is gone. And I'm watching the team play, but I know they're going to fail. And it's like, I got this weird thing where, well, I don't, I don't know. Never mind. I, I, I don't know. It just, if it hasn't happened yet, anything can happen. You know, anything's possible. And I like that anything's possible mentality, but it has happened because you're way behind and. Somebody out there knows that the team has failed, and I don't really like watching anymore when, <laughs> when that mystique of maybe they can come back just goes away. So anyways, point is, I can't listen to the radio and, and watch TV because I think they're great announcers, the Packers guys, uh, Wayne Larrabee and The Rock. I'm assuming it's still those two. I don't know. But yeah, I, I generally can't stand them at all. The commentary is just, and, and I have to assume most fans don't like it because fans don't like hearing things that are negative about their team. And everybody's going to hear something, you know, because especially when they interject their opinion, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, at, at halftime, well, we're going into halftime 14-7. I'm not going to get mad if we're the seven. Maybe I don't want to hear it, but it's when they start interjecting their nonsense. You know, when, uh, say, you got Christian Watson going down the field, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up, and somebody grabs and tugs on him and they throw a pass interference and you hear the announcers go, I don't know about that. It's a little, well, you shut up, dude. Why don't you just go ahead and shut up? How about that? Not big on the announcers. Hey, Ryan. It's Joe, the janitor. What up, man? Hey, so, um, calling in after a tough day yesterday. Yep. Rough loss, that was. Um, you know, I really don't have a question.
question, maybe just a couple comments. Um, I guess you were right, and and I thought so as well, that Christian Watson would have the uh, biggest impact. Don't think I said that, but I appreciate you recognizing me as saying it. <laughs> I'll take it. On the game, at least over uh, Lewisine. Um, over Lewisine. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. I get it. Yep. Considering he uh, missed the first play of the game and probably had a huge impact on the rest of the game. Um, maybe maybe we could have ran the ball a little more. Yes. I don't know. Pretty rough game. Definitely have some questions after I listen to the podcast. I'm sure I'll have some. But, um, yeah, just um, want to say... Have a good day, and hopefully uh, your podcasts today that you get to record aren't too miserable because of the misery (laughs) of the people calling in. Well, have a good day. Big Stan. Big Stan. Shalom. Oh, man, it hasn't been all that bad. Um, I'm just looking forward, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm nervous because obviously there's a lot of clunkiness to this offense and I can't promise that next week it's going to be better but the Bears look bad and um, again we're going to be going through some of that stuff Um, better quarterback Aaron Rodgers better receivers in my opinion Packers receivers better running backs Packers offensive line eh, might have been the Bears which is pathetic but you know better defensive line and pass rushers Packers better linebackers Packers better corners Packers Safeties, yeah. I like to believe Packers, but uh, they're going to have to clearly do much better than they did. That would go to the Bears for sure. Brisker had a decent day, and uh, what's his nuts got uh, got a pick. So, but the point is, even at our worst, I think we got a pretty good shot. Because I mean, it, if you compare it to the Vikings, way better quarterback, better, way better running back, better offensive line, way better wide receivers, better tight end. Um, way better defensive tackles, better pass rushers, better corners, better linebackers, and better safeties. Literally every position of the Minnesota Vikings is better than the Chicago Bears, if you compare week one anyways, but probably just in general. So even at our worst, we get another week to kind of like suck, but figure it out and hopefully get a win out of it. And then by week three, it's like, all right, now we cannot suck anymore. We need to kind of know what we're doing. Would be fantastic if we could be up to speed now. What's up, Brian? This What's is Blake, Dad. Um, I'm sure you were on Twitter, you know, seeing what everyone was saying. But uh, Christian Watson, that first pass to you in your career, tell Rogers just deflated literally right after that. Yep. And then I heard is off to the north. I heard the Whoops. so-called strategy reasoning not put Jair on JJ on Jettas, but uh. I just don't get it, man. There were times I was watching the Chargers game uh, to watch Devontae, and there were times that they had Derwin lined up on him one-on-one, and then Devontae wasn't doing nothing. I just don't get get why you don't put your best player on their best player every time. I know it doesn't make sense for the scheme part of it. Other guys got to scramble, but you can't just let one guy roast you constantly the whole game. Maybe, Maybe I'm just a dumb fan and doesn't see the big picture, but... To me, it seems easy. Put Jair on Jettas and let the rest of the game figure itself out. Well, later. Yeah, and I, I don't know enough about this stuff to give you a more precise answer than I've already given. What I've already said is the most I can say. A couple things, again, that I can reiterate. Number one, nobody plays man coverage or shadow coverage 100% of the time. Nobody does that. It's impossible. The offense has the ability to counter. So I know the general consensus is, well, I'd rather we try it and then just see what happens, but we know what would have happened. They would have countered, they would have run a bunch of man beaters, and we would have got crushed. Um, A couple other comments is, you had mentioned, you know, you can't just keep doing this and letting him beat you all day long or whatever. There wasn't really any one guy that got brutalized by Justin Jefferson. He didn't catch two passes on any or more than two passes on any one guy. He got two on Amos, two on Savage, two on Razul, one on Preston, I know, I get it, one on Quay, and one on Stokes. So it wasn't like, well, we 
we had Jair on the other guy, and we had Stokes on on Jefferson, and that's how we got cooked. He just cooked Jefferson all day long. That's not what that was. So you cannot change this defense to what it's not. That's never going to happen. You can't just say, you know what, we're going to abandon everything Joe Barry brought in here. We're going to abandon the entire playbook that I've taught you guys for two years. We're going to abandon every single thing and the entire scheme and everything that you guys know and everything that I know, and we're going to play man coverage because Justin Jefferson got open on a blown coverage, which again makes it even crazier to say we're going to abandon everything we've done here because you guys aren't executing my scheme properly. That doesn't make any sense. And it was four receptions for 126 yards on the safeties. That was the biggest thing. You take that away, you've got uh, five receptions. Well, you got Preston Smith in there too. If you're just talking corners, Stokes and Razul, it's three reception, uh, three targets, three receptions for 31 yards, no touchdowns. I think the the real biggest thing was miscommunication. The safeties were horrific, and on top of that, there was a huge miscommunication. Um, and I think that's there. I believe they're putting that on. Uh, well, I don't know who they're putting that on. It wasn't on Jair. It wasn't on Razul. I don't know. Probably one of the safeties, I guess. But I I, I just think, and I I get it. We got a guy that if he if he plays, he'll lock him down. And that's what he's here for, and that's what he should be doing. That's what we've been bragging about all, all season is we're just going to lock guys down. But that's an us problem, not a them problem. That's us not understanding how this system works. That's us not understanding the NFL in general. Because again, zero corners do that. That's not a thing that happens in the NFL where, where a corner follows around. The best corner follows around the best wide receiver and locks him down all day. That doesn't happen. It might happen more so in one situation than the other. And again, this is this is sort of a, a Sam Holman question or a Dusty Evely question or whatever, Coach Hahn question, talking about defense and saying, okay, we play we play the Joe Barry defense, whatever we want to call that. Tampa two or whatever Vic Fangio defense. I don't know. Is there a form of this defense in which you can play primarily man? Because I, I know you can play man. You know, man match or man this, that, or the other. I I don't know, but the, the the bigger issue is you're you're really limiting yourself. You know, you, you take the defensive playbook and you cut it into a third or a quarter and you throw out three quarters of it and you say, we're not doing that because we need Jair to just do man coverage over there. So all these zone concepts are out the, you know, you can play some man, some zone combination, combo coverage, whatever, but the zone is gone. I just don't think that's a thing. And, and you're losing the entire element of surprise. When the offense knows exactly what you're doing, that kind of sucks. And again, I understand the general sentiment of fine, let it suck. I mean, fans want to be proven wrong. That's that's the bottom line. I'm I'm going to be right until you prove me wrong. What I'm telling you is to trust the Packers that you would be proven wrong. If you put Jair over there, yeah, Justin Jefferson might get taken away. We're going to get gashed all over the field. And probably Justin Jefferson because they're going to again, they're going to run man beaters that make it impossible for Jair to run with them. Because not everything's just about man-to-man coverage down the sideline. They'll have him running stuff and having Jair try to navigate through traffic, and he's going to be running wide open and making Jair look like an idiot. Because they know it's man coverage right there. And we're not going to get away from that. And the only way you beat that is to get away from it. Now he's trying to run across the field in zone coverage. He's useless. Who cares? He's not going to do anything. And even if you throw it to him, he's going to get popped in two seconds by Quay Walker, and he's going to lose his, his, his face mask. So I think the best-case scenario that we're all just going to have to get over is that the best they're ever going to do is the next time we see Minnesota, there's going to be more man coverage from Jair on Justin Jefferson. There will not be a situation where it's 100%. I don't know what the percentage was. Seems like it was quite low that Jair was on Justin Jefferson. And again, that was not a Packers decision. We're going to put Jair on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson. They just, we were playing zone and they just ran away from us. They had Justin just run to the other side of the field where Jair wasn't. So... Those are the biggest takeaways. We got to stop pretending that's something that is isn't. We got to stop pretending that they're going to change the entire defensive scheme because that's never going to happen. And we also have to understand that the major failure wasn't the scheme; it was the communication and it was the execution. I mean, you you can't blame the scheme for massive miscommunications. That's execution. If guys are in the right spot doing the right things, he's not running wide open down the field. So those are the only slight course corrections. Somewhere in there are adjustments that probably should be made but just the far end of the extremes that are not quite um, just real. Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Omar the Firefighter. What up? Uh, I was going to call last night, but I was so, like, pissed off and upset. I get it. That I said, let me chill, and I call, and 
then when I saw that you already made a episode uh, from the game last night, I listened to it, and there was a couple things that um I feel like a lot of people ain't talk about. So I'm going to try not to complain about the game, try to move on, because I know you'll probably do this uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. Um, yep. But there's a couple of things that, that was real important that I hope we learn from. One is that Jake Hansen, which you already said is PFF grade for the preseason, he's trash. Yep. Zach Tom should have been in there in the beginning. It, it really didn't make a lot of sense to me at all why Jake Hansen there. When he just got, like, pumped and pushed all the way back to Aaron Rodgers, I was like, why is he still in the game? Right. Like, that, he is not a starting offensive lineman. He's trash. So Zach Tom should automatically take his spot. Just just leave him there. It's just, just it's, it's terrible. Um, number two is Stanley Watkins. I'm like, okay, we get him. We basically got Lazard again. To me, Lazard and NVS was not uh, number one or number two receiver, even one of them. They were like number threes. Right. It was like NVS was a fast number three, and, you know, Lazard was like a possession number three. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers made him good enough to be our supposedly number two. A slightly upgraded Geronimo, maybe, or just Geronimo, I don't know, but something like that. So when we got Watkins, I was like, okay, we got a fast Lazard. Um, Watkins looked terrible. He got happy. He caught like a five-yard, six-yard <laughs> pass. I'm watching the game, and he's smiling. He's all happy. But he, I'm like, did he get open any other time? It was like, it was terrible. Like, he he didn't like he was on the field. Right. For all that, you should have played all the rookies. I mean, you should have put Toure in there for all that. Winfrey. I saw Winfrey got in the game. He'll provide a little bit more effort. I don't know what's on. He, he was moving like you have one of those nightmares and then you're trying to run from the person, and he's just, like, stuck, and he's moving slow, and right. he can't go nowhere. That's kind of how he was. Like was in the terrible. swimming pool. Yeah. Um, that, and I understand they talked about why we didn't have Jair on uh, Jefferson. It's my third thing. But after the half, they should just switch that and be like, no, we're just going to play man. Yeah. Because before that, I'm seeing Preston Smith trying to cover Jefferson. I'm seeing Walker covering Jefferson. I'm like, what, the, what are these linebackers covering them? You know, the best receiver on, on, on the field. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, they could have played mixed coverage, like keep Jair man and keep right. our Boston zone. Like, they, they, that's, they do that in the NFL. I don't know why we just decided to keep doing what we do. And lastly, how is it that they just, the Vikings just had it? Nope. I lost you, but I think you got cut off. So here's what I'm actually interested in because. I think the the point is, and we probably all agree on this, and I'm I'm just over-explaining what everybody already knows. They should have done more man, but to what degree and what the what the consequences of that would have been, um, I don't know. And then again, on top of that is is the issue of, you know, partially man was was maybe part of the problem, but I, I guess I'm just kind of curious if these guys played really well, you know? I mean, if, if everybody just did their job and, and did their assignment, what would have changed? Because if we don't have to, if we don't have to run away, I don't want to. I want to run the Joe Barry system, the Vic Fangio system, the, the what, what's his name, Staley system or whatever. I want to do that. I don't want to run away. Now, now, to your point, again, okay, at halftime, we suck, change it up. I get that. But I don't want to just throw in the towel after one week because the safeties don't know what they're doing because they just had a garbage day. I want to do it, and I want to do it right. Period. It's it's it, Again, it's just like Matt LaFleur. Like, offense had a bad day. Should we just give up on this whole Shanahan offense? Heck no. It's a great offense. It's an elite offense. It's a dominant offense. We just have to execute it properly. But again, somewhere in there is, okay, there's a mix of zone and man. We, we never play 100% man, we never play 100% zone, but what are the percentages? Let me just look at it, because we're going around in circles on this a thousand times. Let's get some specifics here. We ran man 14.7% of the time. That feels very low. I don't know, we're about to find out live if that's low or not. Here's a couple other points. In man coverage, so nobody graded out super well, Eric Stokes had a 70.9 overall grade in zone coverage, a 42 overall grade in man coverage. So in five snaps in man for Eric Stokes, he gave up two targets, two receptions, 27 yards. 
in zone, which he played 21 times, zero targets, zero receptions. So Stokes, you know, again, right out of the gate, we're looking at this going, if we switch everybody all the way over to man, I'm terrified for Eric Stokes. (laughs) Um, Jair Alexander had a 65.6 overall grade in man and a 69.8 overall grade in zone. Five targets, or excuse me, five snaps also in man, zero targets, zero receptions. In zone, 21, and that was his one target, one reception for seven yards. Razul Douglas, 65 overall grade in man, 75 overall grade in zone. So every single corner was better in zone than in man, according to their grades. Um, Keyshawn Nixon had a 73 overall grade in man in his one snap and didn't have anything in zone. But So, so that's number one. I'm not going to use that as like a definitive statement, but it's it's just information. Now, I'm curious, 14.7%, what, what do they normally do? Last year for the season, um, it was roughly about 22%. So they played less man in this game than in previous games. So if that's your only takeaway, let that be your takeaway. Jair was put in man less often than normal in a game with one of the best wide receivers in football. For me, even with the grade saying he's better in zone than in man, that's a little frustrating. Now, again, obviously this is a bigger game plan overall, and there are other mitigating factors in terms of why you would play man against zone. You've got to account for the tight ends. You've got to account for the running backs. You've got to account for the, a, a team that's throwing the ball more, spreading the ball out more. And I'm not the guy to ask that question as to what the best defense is to run. But all I know is, as much as I want to sit here and say Jair should have been on him, I know that there are 50 billion other factors that I'm too stupid to know anything about, and I can't, I can't be so definitive about it without knowing those things. But I can tell you we played man significantly less, you know, about half as much, you know, 24% compared to 14%. So I'll just leave that for you. You can, you guys can come to whatever conclusion you want. I'll just give you the data. There you go. They all graded out better in zone than they did in man. We did play man significantly less than usual. Anyways, why don't we get to the rest of your call here because you got cut off. Sorry, I had to call back. I, I wanted to finish. Uh, all good. How is it that the Vikings just start playing the 3-4 defense and they played better than we did? I know, and, and I harped on that for how long? They don't have experience in this, and they didn't play in the preseason. They didn't have any problems. We've got guys that have been in the system for two years now. Amos has been in the league for however many years. He, had, he, he played for Fangio. He knows this defense. How does, you know, and, and that's, that's again part of the reason I get frustrated with the preseason thing. It's like, that's such a garbage excuse for a guy like Amos. You know, I, I mean, I, I, if you need it, you need it, uh, whatever. But that's, that's ridiculous. There are guys that right now that are running this stuff. I mean, there are rookies out there that are putting in better effort. You got guys that are first time in the system, the, the, Vikings, not only is it a new defensive system, but they got to shift to a a 3-4 defense, which has some larger changes in components. I mean, you look at guys like Kendricks and guys like Daniil, who have been doing like the same thing for such a long time. I mean, they've they've done things one way forever. And they came out and put out a great effort. So 100%, I agree with you on that. That's, That's inexcusable. I don't care that it's week one. It's inexcusable that our guys didn't come out ready to play much more ready to play than them. Offense and defense. I, I I'm not buying any excuses. That that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like they they went back and covered their zones well. Yep. We had one, maybe two new starters on defense, maybe two. Yeah, and and they were fine. I mean, Quay he wasn't perfect, but he didn't have any issues. He he was. I think even Matt LaFleur said his first drive was a little shaky, but otherwise he flew around the field and was physical. Devontae Wyatt didn't have any pressures, but he didn't have a lot of opportunities, and I think he did a good job run defending. I can't exactly remember, but they weren't the problem. They weren't the reason we lost. It wasn't like we got gashed up the middle every time Devontae Wyatt was in there or Quay Walker couldn't cover any of that. It was none of that. So, yes. And our defense looked atrocious. Like, again, if you, if I didn't care if Thielen killed us, I didn't care if anybody else killed us, but you don't let the number one person that you have to stop, you know, kill us. Yeah, that, 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 that does make a lot of sense because you look at really good defenses like what the Patriots did for years. The only thing you know you're not going to be able to do is whatever that number one thing is you want to do. If you're a great running team, we're going to take that away. And that's what elite defenses do. 
We are not going to let you do that thing that you do best. Now, again, whether that's, you know, Jair dominating this, that, or the other, or some kind of coverage we do with with our, our zone defense or whatever, the point is we need to be able to execute at a high enough level to where you're not getting gashed by that number one guy. Because <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, but there's there's two sides of the coin here. Everybody knew the Minnesota Vikings' number one plan was to use Justin Jefferson, and we couldn't stop it. Everyone knew the biggest mismatch for the Packers' offense and the Vikings' defense was our running game. We have a very good pair of running backs, and they have a garbage run defense. We stopped our own offense. They didn't stop it. We stopped it. It's pathetic. It's insane. So, yeah, uh, you're getting me all fired up all over again. Double team them. Do something. It, it was it was just it was bad. Um, I'm gonna try to focus on the good real quick. I'm trying to make it fast. Right. Uh, good was one Zach Tom. He yep. should just he should just be a starter. Just just go ahead and put him out there. Um, I get it. Watson to me, he, you know, he dropped the ball, but to me, he was gonna be like MVS anyway. Yep. So that's we just drafted MVS, and but I think he has a better upside and he could be better. So he dropped the ball. It's fine. You know, we got to have more faith in him throwing the ball. Dobbs should be a starter. Yep. Dobbs did a pretty good job. He didn't drop a pass. Keep him out there. Um, I'm going to give a Sammy Watkins maybe one, two more games. If he play like that again, he just need to be on the bench. I'm just being honest. Um, put Torrey out there. Put Winfrey out there. He just need to be on the bench. Special teams, it was okay. Um, nothing spectacular. But running the ball is definitely need to be our M.O., and hopefully we get this offensive line straight. Um, and Aaron Rodgers need to stop with the panicking. I, I think he did address that on the field. Like, I, I know Jordan Love is a different person, but when Jordan Love messed up, he, you can't even tell what's yeah. going on in his mind. But Rodgers got to be a little better job with that. Yeah. All right, go Pat, go. go. All right, so that was a lot. Um, Should have paused in between, but I didn't. Um, Yeah, Christian Watson, I, I agree. I'm not – I mean, it, it, it was – I'm not going to pretend I'm not upset by it because it, it it still pains me in my stomach. I mean, it it when I think about that and the loss overall, it's not that big of a difference. <laughs> how painful that is because it's not just how bad it was for the game, but how good it could have been. The gap between how amazing that would have been. Christian Watson's first snap on an NFL football field is a bomb, what, 75-yard touchdown. And instead, we get this. Um including a, a loss and a lot of mocking and a lot of insecurity about, man, maybe this isn't going to work. And maybe he's just has, maybe the drop issues are really serious and all whatever's going on in our heads. But I am still optimistic about it. It's hard to tell. And I'm, I'm, I'm hitting refresh. That's what that you heard. The thing was in the background while the call was playing was I'm, I'm hitting refresh on this uh, NFL plus because all 22 was supposed to be out two and a half hours ago and it's not ready yet. Um, and I'm just desperate. All I want to do is watch all these plays and see what the wide receivers did because my whole thing was Aaron Rodgers didn't have time. If he did, how many guys were open and who were they? That's all I want to do. I, 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 want, to, I want to do a bunch of stuff, but the first thing I want to do is chart the wide receivers. The second thing I want to do is watch Zach Tom because we watched him and we all loved him. Every single one of us watched and we, we saw that he kept Rodgers clean. We saw that first play led to a massive uh, springing free of a, of a of a run play right across his back. PFF said he didn't play well. I want to watch it because Zach Tom is my guy and I want to get his back if I can. If he sucks, he sucks. But even if he's bad, or or even if, if I shouldn't even say bad, they, they gave him basically a 60 overall grade. This is a guy that's never played an NFL snap that was not supposed to play, came in halfway through a game as a rookie, fourth round pick, and was adequate against a defensive line that was absolutely terrorizing our offensive line. They're, I mean, if you go look at their defensive line grades, it's like elite, elite, elite. We made them look like superstars, and for all I know, they were. I don't know. But the point is, I know for a fact guys are open down the field. I've heard about a couple things, and, and if you listen to the podcast tomorrow, I, I play. I don't know if I played the clip or not, but I think I did. Aaron Rodgers answered a question, and the first question he answered, he was explaining that we had opportunities. And you could just see on his face, and you can hear in his voice that... Um, he knows that there were plays out there, but the offensive line just collapsed on him. And so I just want to see it. I want to see who it was that was streaking open down down the field. Um, as far as Sammy, you know, the 
obviously Rodgers is going to get the guys back, so I'm not going to sit here and be an apologist for him. But what Rodgers essentially said for his lack of production is that Sammy is purely an outside guy, similar to similar to Christian Watson. But Watson even was used more. You know, he's using the backfield. He's used a little bit more in the slot than Sammy was. He's a pure boundary guy, and he said we had a really hard time passing, basically along the boundary. That that we dang it, where the heck is that coming from? It's the dumb Seahawks game that I'm missing. Um, what is going on in that game, by the way? 7-3. That is hilarious. I'll tell you what, as much as I uh, was excited to see the Seahawks get absolutely trounced because I just can't stand them, um, if Denver, Denver loses, I'll be happy for a couple reasons. Number one, number one, I don't dislike Russell Wilson, but he is obnoxious, man. That dude, it, it's too much. He lays it on thick. It's like, it's like those 1980s nerd movies where like the guy tries to act cool and he just he doesn't realize he's a massive nerd. That's Russell Wilson. Like, you do you do realize people are laughing at you, right? But beyond that, it's really just going to go to show that week one means Jack Diddley squat. Dude, we are 45 minutes in. Holy cow. Uh, we got to take a break. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, if you want to support that, pinned to the top of my Twitter. PristineAuction.com. Head over to PristineAuction.com. Click on Register. Get registered. Use registration code FAVRE, F-A-V-R-E. You're going to be entered to win a signed Jordy Nelson replica uh, Super Bowl trophy. Super, super awesome. You're going to get a certificate of authenticity that comes along with it so that you know it was actually Jordy that signed it. You're also going to get $10 off anything that you win from them. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Goober, Justin. Um, isn't this uh, basically kind of like official preseason? Like, I don't know, what would you say? Like, regular season game one through maybe five or so is kind of like real preseason because isn't this like the first time that all the starters are actually all on the field for real, not like no coaches trying to lay anybody in the bushes to save anybody from injuries type stuff? And it seems like all last year, Rodgers was thrown to Devontae in double-triple coverage because that was his guy that he trusted, even though there might have been some people open, which I'm saying that to say it seems like Rodgers makes decisions on the field and there's not much the coaching staff can do about it. So for whatever reason, is if he wanted to just keep throwing nonstop instead of running, I don't know what that conversation sounds like. Because it is hard to believe that that was the starting game strategy was to throw as much as humanly possible and not run it. So anyway, that's my thoughts. And Rogers has always been a little crybaby and things don't go to potty face, whiny, that kind of stuff. So none of this seems really that shocking, actually. It's the first game. 
there's a lot to sort out. There's a lot that they're figuring out. It seems like it just kind of feels normal, I guess, um, as far as how things have kind of shaped up in the past. I mean, short of having Devontae. So, anyway, that's my thoughts. Bye. Yeah, I think uh first of all you're starting to sound a lot like a Packer fan, so kudos to that. You're you're um you're officially a part of the crew. I I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, especially this year, especially for the Packers, there needs to be an element of figuring stuff out. Again, I'm not using that preseason nonsense as an excuse because you can look around the league and although there's a lot of teams struggling, there's a lot of teams that are not struggling. Be the team that isn't struggling. Um but yeah, especially with you know I mean, there's just, there's so many different things. It it applies to some things, I guess, and not others. You know, it doesn't apply to Amos and Savage. As far as, you know, it takes time to get acclimated to the new this, that, or there's nothing new. You, you need to play football and play it a lot better than you played it. The offensive line, yeah, kind of. They're kind of young guys, but they've been here before. It's a very similar offensive line to what we had for a large portion last year, with the exception of Jake Hansen, who looked like trash, which happens, I guess, but, you know, on one hand, yeah, there does need to be time for communication and everything, but again, this is largely the same offensive line. You guys don't know how to communicate yet? Come on now. I mean, Josh, I guess, is semi-new because he missed half the season. I, th- I think the the problem is this isn't baseball. It's not, oh, well, we dropped a game, there's 50 billion more. It's a big deal to lose a game in the NFL. And yeah, you can obviously rebound and recover and everything, but you know, th- there's not a lot of time. If you're telling me it's it's one week and that's it and we're going to be a dominant team after this, okay, fine. But if it's two weeks and we lose to the Bears and then we got Tampa and we end up either 0-3 or even if we end up 1-2 and and we still haven't seen a, a coherent-looking offense and defense and special teams, we look like a disjointed mess, that's a massive problem going into week four. So, you know, th- there's a couple things that you can look at. You know, even Aaron Rodgers said, you know, we got to be patient with the young rookie receivers that makes sense but he also said the patience is going to run real thin soon because you know you got to figure it out so that applies to some things and some guys in some ways but you know the offensive line needs to be better the veteran wide receivers need to be better Aaron Rodgers needs to be better the safeties the corners they they got to be better so okay it's a one-week reprieve if we're all just going to say hey it's week one fine there better be a dominant performance week two I because again I can get on board with one week I don't like it it's a lame excuse, but I'll get on board with one week. But you better be ready to go week two, period. Hey, Ryan, caller number five. Uh, no accent today. If they're, if they're not going to give an effort, <laughs> I'm not going to give an effort. boy. Um, Stick it to the man. But having rested on the game, uh, just a couple things. You're probably going to talk about this on the pod today, so uh, you don't have to answer anything. But um, defense looked hot garbage. I don't know why we weren't uh, putting Jair on Jefferson. Um, and they still only gave up 23. So I guess that's okay. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Uh, Quay. Quay Walker looked every bit the part. I hope the yeah. injury is not serious because that kid is going to be awesome to watch. Uh, and then the offense is whatever, you know. Um, I don't know why we didn't run the ball more. I don't know why uh, – it seems like after Watson dropped it, Rogers just kind of said, no more rookies until the fourth. Right. Um, but it was a better performance than last year, question mark. Yeah. We're probably going to kill the Bears, and then we'll right. have an actual test against the Bucks. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's all I have. Hope you're having a good day. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm Yeah, it's a good day. I'm with you, though. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Looking forward, I'm okay, because there were a lot of positives, and it was better than last year, and we should absolutely annihilate the Bears. But there is that part of me that's nervous. Um, because, again, I don't know for sure that they're going to figure it out by the time this week starts. And um, the Bucks obviously, are a massive test. So um, I kind of, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm vacillating back and forth between it's going to be fine and it's going to be awesome to, oh man, what if this is legitimately just a bad year? I don't know. I'm not going to go down that path until after the Bears game. If we lose, then yeah, we're going to look at the schedule and we're going to say, how bad could this be? Or even if we beat them, but it looks ugly, you know? But I'm not going to go down that path right now. There's no point in doing that. Hello. Mike. Good morning, Ryan. There he is. Mike Hebrine, a.k.a. Packers Superfan. What hey, up? Just wanted to... Follow up uh, following the game um, last night. 
I just want to first, by pulling some of my own receipts from this past Friday when I made a couple predictions, one of them was, of course, that the two tackles wouldn't start. There you go. Um, One of the other ones was the score, of course. I think I predicted a 24-21 Vikings win. So pretty close there other than the fact that, you know, the Packers didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Right. Um, And then the other thing that I had mentioned was I thought that it was very possible that, uh, Kristen Watson and Romeo Dobbs both would have more receptions than Sammy Watkins. Um, turns out I think it, that didn't quite turn out because I don't, I think Watson only had two receptions where, um, I think, uh, Sammy Watkins had three, I believe, or four. Is that right? I don't think so. Hold on. Oh, yeah, you're right. Watson two, Watkins three, but Dobbs did have four. So there you go. So that didn't quite turn out, but Dobbs did his part. Um, the only reason I really bring that up, it kind of leads into your discussion on the pod this, this morning in regards to uh, Kristen Watson. I agree with you 100%. I could not be more excited. And again, for the same reasons, not because of what I saw necessarily, but the fact that the Packers believe in this guy. Yeah. And, you know, they obviously, uh, Goody invested a lot of draft capital in him. And it's good to see that the coaches are running with that and getting him on the field immediately. You know, this, this darn injury he had really set him back. And, you know, a second-round draft choice with somebody you traded up to get high in the second round, he has got to start for you uh, right out of the gate. There's just no question about it. And the fact that he more or less did, uh, I cannot be more excited about that. And then the other, the only other observation I'd make real quick is, Take a look at the safeties, PFF grades, both both of them, uh, Savage and and uh, Amos, just ugly. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yep. I'm not sure what's up with that safety position, but, boy, that's really going to be- become a problem if they continue to play like that. Anyway, um, I'm sure the Packers will do better next week. Got the Bears coming to town. That'll make it That'll make it easy peasy. So, um Thanks. Yeah, I don't know if I can uh, add a ton of commentary to that, but you know, a lot of this is wait and see. Um, I think there's a lot of. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really noticed the temperature on Packer fans. It, it certainly isn't what it used to be on Romeo Dobbs, um, which you know, I guess I kind of get. But you know, coming into this, Romeo Dobbs was the next great thing. He was the most targeted and had the most receptions and uh, the most yards of anybody. Granted, it was four receptions for 37 yards, which is kind of putrid. But I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard. I, I guess I'll try to keep my uh, keep my ear to the ground and see if I can kind of pick up on, on where Packer fans are at with it. It seems like with Romeo, everybody, everything just went quiet. And I, and I guess, you know, half the fan base is still in mourning over the law. Um, and there's not much to say about Romeo Dobbs in terms of, like, being necessarily positive. But, um, you know, I, I just... Do people still think he's going to be a great receiver? Or is everybody just completely done with him? And then Christian Watson is is an anomaly because, again, on one hand, we didn't see him do much other than drop a, a walk-in touchdown. So if you look at it from that standpoint, he's trash. If you look at some of the other things, like, I, I, again, and I've said this a bunch of times, when we were doing a live stream, Jacob and Goose were ahead of us. Somehow the Canadian with terrible internet was ahead of me because Hulu is trash, which is what I use. I think YouTube TV was great, but they won't accept my payment. So I'm using Hulu, which is way behind. Anyways, they started just, you know, they were furious. So I'm, I'm expecting like a pick six, and I see our rookie completely burn a guy like he's standing still. And, and so part of me wasn't that upset just because I was expecting like a pick six or like the worst possible thing that could happen. And it ended up just being a drop, you know. But part of it was, there's a very obvious positive here. He absolutely killed that guy. And so, you know, if, if we just focus on one play, okay, that sucks. If we focus on an entire NFL career, having a guy with that height-speed combo, you know, again, he's the MVS that never was. We always talked about a guy that was that tall and that fast, and it's super rare, but he just, he never was able to put that on the field. And we saw it the first play ever with Christian Watson I'm sorry, I got excited about it. As much as that sucked, that he dropped it. And yeah, if he continues to drop it, then it's all for nothing. But dude, and then I saw all that other stuff about his seven-yard run where he was the fourth fastest player, 20 miles an hour on this quick little run to the outside. Insane. 
I can't wait for him to actually catch a deep pass so that we can find out what his peak speed is. Then again, he had the uh, yards after the catch thing where he should have, you know, again, we didn't really notice it, but he should have been down after eight yards, but he's just too big, too fast, too strong. By the way, I see Mr. Peter Bukowski posted a video of Sammy Watkins running wide open down the field. Um, But again, the offensive line completely failed. And so Rodgers had to bail. That's just one example. So that covers two things. Number one, what I want to watch is how many times were guys running wide open and we couldn't execute because the freaking offensive line cannot block Jake Hansen. Number two, who were they? And on top of that, all the, the talk about Sammy. Again, I know Sammy didn't have the biggest day, but if he caught that one pass, it changes everything. And that's just one. I, I Why is NFL Plus so stupid? Oh, yeah, 5 o'clock, it'll be ready to go. It's 8 o'clock at night. You absolute liar. You're a multi-billion dollar organization. Figure it out. Anyways, it's funny, too, because if you find that video, um, you can see the frustration on his face. And again, if you listen to that interview tomorrow on the podcast with, with Aaron Rodgers talking about it, it's the same frustration. He's not just mad that the play blew up. He saw Sammy. He saw him wide open. I mean, he's, he's on like the 40-yard line, so we're talking 10, 20, 25, maybe 30 yards. Down the field, we're on our own 40. That would have gotten... I mean, he would have easily, I don't know where the safeties are. He would have easily gotten to the other side, the, the 30. Let me back this up. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's cooking. I don't, for all I know, he runs in for a touchdown. I don't know. But yeah, for, for whatever reason, Yash Nyman and Zach Tom, I, I blame the wrong guy, were blocking one guy, and, and the linebacker was left completely free. So I, I don't know, man. Again, these, these are the miscommunication things that you look at and just go, what the heck? We're going long here, but um, we got a lot of calls, so I'm going to try to rip through as many as I possibly can. So we'll see what we can do. Hey, Ryan, it's Jake. Hey, Jake. I was just listening to the podcast, and then I just thought about it. There was a couple episodes ago, you said something about how there's always an NFC team that beats us early in the season yep. real hard, and then we do a good all season, and then we always lose to them. So does that mean that this is probably going to be our Vikings this year? So... The weird thing is, last year the Saints did it to us, and it wasn't the Saints that booted us out. So I'm hopeful that this is the same thing. We got our our week one get right, then there's going to be another team, let's be honest, probably the Buccaneers that beats us, and that knocks us out of the playoffs. That's my my thought. I I don't want to say my hope, but let's be honest, that's kind of my hope. Because if the Vikings knock us out, especially if it's like the NFC Championship, and they go to the Super Bowl stepping on our face to get there, that's not acceptable. I know it doesn't always directly mean that, but it's been like three, four seasons that way. And you even mentioned it last episode or a couple episodes ago. So just wanted to get your opinion. Go Pack Go. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. I got hope. Yeah, I uh, I hope not. I hope not. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Enjoy the post-game shows. Thank you. Brought me back to uh, to level-headedness. Appreciate it. Uh Spent the morning pressure washing the house to take out some frustration <laughs> and sat down here and thought, you know, I'm curious. We talk about teams that lost in the first week and then teams that made the playoffs. Um, 2021, 2022, there were seven teams that won in the first week um, that made the playoffs and there were five that lost that made the playoffs. And the year prior to that, it was nine teams that won in the first week, made the playoffs, and five that lost. And one of them went to the Super Bowl, and that was the Bengals. Just thought that was curious. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I think it would be another thing that would be interesting. I'm not going to do right now for obvious reasons, but be interesting to look at because obviously playoff teams win more often than they lose. So if you're talking 50-50-ish, or even 40-60 for week one, that obviously skews a little bit than what you would expect from a normal week. So the point is, if you look at week one, two, three, four, five, all the way through, what do the win rates look for for playoff teams? It can't be 60% win rate throughout the season, or they wouldn't be playoff teams. If you're winning 80% of your games, right? You can't maintain a 60 average. That doesn't work. So yeah, that would be interesting to see if, if week one is a little bit more skewed. Um, I'm sure the week 18 would be also because a lot of the playoff teams are sitting, but maybe omit that one. I don't know. It'd be something to look into. Um, Let's do, we'll do one more. We're going to skip Roger's second call. We'll go to John. Hey, man. Um, so 
on the way to the Cardinal game yesterday, um, my brother-in-law and I listened to the uh, Packernet After Dark pregame show from whenever it was, Saturday, Saturday night, whenever you recorded it. Right. We listened to it in the car on the way to the stadium yesterday. He loved it. He thought you were great. Nice. Naturally. <laughs> he thought the callers were great. Obviously. Naturally. And he and I agree that the idea of your wife doing a guest host segment <laughs> once in a while sounds like a great idea. Ayo. You know, maybe just once, see how it goes. She might uh, surprise you with her football knowledge. Yeah. She might surprise us with some inside knowledge into the Schlipp household. Right. Then maybe once in a while after that, you know, if you're feeling it. Anyway, sorry about yesterday. I'm going to call back here in a few minutes. Go Pack Go. And uh, we will leave it on a high note for my wife. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. We'll see if she gets to the end. But she loves listening to Packernet After Dark. It's kind of funny. She, you know, hit or miss on the other podcast that I do. But this one, she really doesn't miss it very often. So any compliments that you'd like to give to my wife on this show, I'm sure she would appreciate it. Anyways, uh, you guys have a great night. Appreciate all the calls. we got a bunch for tomorrow, but please keep them coming. Let me know where your head's at, what you're thinking. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 